Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that if you're in the New York area, there are still a few tickets left for our Worthy Women Thrive event this Thursday, October 11th at 6 p.m. on our rooftop in Manhattan. This event is going to feature some of our favorite former guests like Jennifer Giamo, Vicki Ziegler, and the amazing guest we have on today's episode, Leslie Jane Seymour. If you can make it, we would love to meet you and have you be a part of this night focused on reinvention and reclaiming your next chapter. You can find the event on any of our social pages or at worthy.com slash podcast. Now on to our weekly quote. You are the writer of your own story. Today's guest is not only known for her writing and the way she's featured other female voices, but as of late, she's known for rewriting her own story and giving other women the tools to do the same. Leslie Jane Seymour served as editor-in-chief of Moore Magazine, Mary Claire, YM, beauty director of Glamour, a copywriter and senior editor at Vogue. She's the author of two books, On the Edge, 100 Years of Vogue, and I Wish My Parents Understood. And then with all of her expertise, all of her experience, and a bunch of really loyal followers in 2017, Leslie started Covey Club, a virtual and in real life club platform built by and for members. It's all about generosity and it has welcomeness at its heart. It's an amazing thing. You're going to hear all about it in this episode. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe to keep up with new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so join our Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce, to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com slash podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Leslie. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. It has been so fun watching our podcast grow and watching the number of listeners we have grow. And as the podcast is getting bigger, our guests are more and more important people in today's society who are impacting the way that we talk about women today and so many other important issues. And we are so proud that Leslie Jane Seymour is joining us. Welcome to the podcast, Leslie. Happy to be here. This is really a treat. We are so excited that you are starting to become part of the Worthy family and we're getting to work with you in these ways. We'll talk a little bit later about the event that you're going to be joining us at on the Worthy rooftop in New York. But I wanted to start with welcoming you and maybe you can give just a little brief introduction to our listeners who might not know who you are. I am Leslie Jane Seymour. I'm a former editor-in-chief of many different magazines. I started out with YM, which used to be Young Miss a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then I ran Red Book Magazine, which was for young moms when I was a young mom. And then Mary Claire Magazine when I was a fashionista, which I'm no longer because I'm now an (laughs) entrepreneur. And then More Magazine, which was for women 40 plus. And I've been a writer and an editor and a 
feminist activist for women, a supporter of women my entire career. And now I'm an entrepreneur. I've been a corporate cog my whole life. And what's really exciting is to get out and explore the whole new world. And at the same time, I'm get, finishing up my degree in sustainability up at Columbia University. How oh, that's crazy so cool. is that? You know, my grandmother went to law school when she was 70. And oh, my God. She's yeah. <laughs> she oh. graduated top of her class and clerked for a federal judge. Oh, so <laughs> I oh think it's God. amazing, but I don't think it's crazy. I think it's awesome. <laughs> well, for your listeners, you know, I'm just one of those people, um, Covey Club, which is the new project that I do. Our tagline is where lifelong learners come to connect. I always find that for me, at least learning is the leverage point that I use whenever I'm, you know, looking for the next step or whenever I'm in trouble or trying to find my way out of something, it's always learning. Well, I think that's amazing. I think, you know, one of the things that we're really going to be focusing on in this episode is sort of women's voices and the way that women can help each other grow. And I think learning is such an important part of that. And I just love what you guys are doing at the Coffee Club. And I'm really excited to tell some of our listeners who might not know about it a little bit more. And we'll certainly work our way into that. Sure. So you have you've worked with like every magazine and your voice is something that has really shaped I think the identity of American women for a long time, which I think is really awesome and I want to talk a little bit about more magazine because I know that that was a big bridge to what you're doing now. So yes. you had been you'd been doing fashionista stuff, you were doing beauty, you were doing all different kinds of writing, but More Magazine was really for female audience over the age of 40, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd written, I mean, I, you know, as a personal editor and writer, I mm -hmm. mean, it, Mary Claire and everything. Yeah. We'd done many, many, you know, we took Drew Barrymore to the slums of Africa to work wow. for the World Food Program. I mean, we'd done everything. Yeah. And at Vogue, hilariously, I was actually the car writer. So as oh, wow. among other things, is that yeah. that's a whole nother story. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you talked about like Young Miss, as it was yes. called, and how you were writing for young mothers when you were a young mother. So I imagine that a lot of the idea for this came from your own life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which I, you know, I think as you're learning, you have these stories to share and, and that's a, a sort of obvious part of this. But I also think it's pretty amazing that we can sort of trace your career through those life oh, yeah. stages. But when when you created More Magazine, what kind of need was there for a publication speaking to this specific audience? Well, I can't take credit for starting it, but okay. I can take credit for being the longest editor there. Okay. It was a woman named Myrna Blythe who started it, and it was 19 years old when it died. But I was the longest editor, which was great. And, you know, the real purpose was to address an audience that has been forgotten. Mm -hmm. And the really sad part is, and the truth is in America still, if you're over the age of 40, and especially if you're over 50, and especially if you're any older than that, you are invisible to the world. And I, it is one of the things that people still struggle with. I see women struggle with it every day. Mm -hmm. I don't know why our society continues to struggle with this problem. We are a youth-obsessed society. I get that. But we have value too. And in fact, guess what? Today, women 40 plus manage 19 trillion, with a T, dollars worth of cash and investments 
that the world needs. It's wonderful to chase the millennials. I love my two millennials. They are adorable. They are still on the dole. You know, not entirely. My son will get angry at me. But uh, why we are so ignored when we have we are making the decisions. Right. We have the money to affect change. We have agency. Why the world just decides we're useless, valueless, whatever, once our sexual value is gone. They, you know, the world has decided that after 40, you're just beyond your shelf due date, right? <laughs> it's just crazy. And I don't understand it. And, um, you know, the wonderful thing for me is there weren't enough advertisers to support more. And that's why it went out of business, right. partly because the print magazine world is collapsing in on itself together. But it's, you know, there were a lot of people who were still very age prejudiced who said, you know, I understand this consumer. It's my consumer. I want to continue to sell to her, but I can't advertise to her because then the 20 year olds won't come in. If I have a store where I'm talking about women who are 40 plus, God forbid a younger person sees an older person in the store, they won't come in, which is a completely misunderstanding of where we are today with young, young women and older women. Right. I mean, if you are a mother of a any girl from age 11 all the way up, you can't yeah. find your clothes. They mm-hmm. are, I mean, unless you're some strange dresser, if you're, <laughs> you know, a hip, cool mother today, like most women are, and they're in good shape, all your stuff is in your teenage daughter's wardrobe. And we share cosmetics, we share right. clothing. I mean, we are trading back and forth. The shoppers don't think there's prejudice. It's the people doing the buying and selling of advertising. I don't get it. So it ain't true. I'm trying to break through that. I think you're doing an amazing job of it because the coffee club is a, is a big deal and people really love it. And I think it's interesting also because the, you know, the difference with print and digital media is it's so much easier to track how people are engaging with advertisements. Yes. So I imagine that has changed things quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was the, you know, that was the big problem with paper publishing. Mm -hmm. It was all smoke and mirrors. And, you know, you had to trust my word that they were reading it. Mm -hmm. And of course we were, but it was, it was impossible to measure. I mean, you know, I grew up ripping out advertisements out of magazines and making piles and then going to the store and buying. Yeah. But that was, we didn't have the internet to click on, right? Mm -hmm. So now they have something better. They can actually measure, you know, if you even look at something, they can measure it. That's what's really scary. I don't know if you know that, but my son told me that he's a, a programmer in advertising. <laughs> you don't have to even click on it now. They can tell you're looking at it. So it's, you know, it's a very different world. Right. And, you know, advertising is wonderful, but it can't be depended upon in order to create and support the kind of content that women 40 plus need. Right. So, I'm trying to create something that says, okay, if you want something better, yes, there's a lot of free stuff out there. And if you want just free, go get it. It's out there. I'm trying to make something a little better, a little more intelligent, a little more sophisticated. My favorite is when we're trying to put an issue to bed and we go through to look at the SEO ratings on a thing I have. It's an automatic rater and you know, it's rating for lowest common denominator and it, you know, puts the flat red light up. But too many big words in this piece. Yeah. Too many. It's like, okay, fine. That's good. That's actually good for my consumer. Right. So for anyone listening who doesn't know what SEO is, we're talking about sort of like how it's graded in terms of how the content will perform when somebody does a Google search with relevant, That's, you know, words and things like that. Right. And everybody, everybody wants 
very low common denominators, right. simplistic words, right. short paragraphs. Don't use a polysyllabic word because the, <laughs> the system can't push that to the top. Yeah. And I'm not doing that. So I'm saying to my consumer, okay, we're going to defy all that. I want to really write the stories that yeah. you care about. I want to give the information to you that is important to you. And I don't want to dumb it down for right. you. Right. I think, I mean, I think it's really obvious when you see the content that you guys are producing that it's not compromised. You know, the value is just so clear and you guys are having such important conversations. And, you know, I wanted to ask you if you think that women over the age of 40 are provided with enough good content and if the kinds of conversations that they want to be having are easily found around the internet or in different media outlets. I think they're around, but mm -hmm. I think you have to search for them. And I think there's a lot of junk content out there for mm -hmm. women 40 plus. I think there's a lot of really ugly looking content. The packaging is really ugly and assumes that they don't have to try very hard because you're old and, you know, who cares what your aesthetic values are. So there's a kind of denigration that goes on. Mm -hmm. It's around, but you have to go find it. So what I describe Covey Club as, and the Covey is the name of our digital publication that comes out once a month. I say, I want to be Google for women 40 plus. <laughs> That's a small idea, right? Um, <laughs> you, you want to know anything about right. women 40 plus, I'm either going to aggregate it for you. Again, there's a lot of garbage out there. But let me show you, I'll introduce you to the blogs that are out there of mm -hmm. people who are doing great things in, you know, the area of beauty or fitness or fashion or whatever. I'm doing the broad general scope of everything. We create a lot of our own content, but we will also push you to fabulous things that we found. I'm not going to recreate the wheel when I don't have to, when right. I find people doing great things who know their stuff in certain areas. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put them in front of you. Maybe we'll rework some of their content. Maybe we'll bring, we'll bring it out and make it better, a little more sophisticated. But again, that's, I want to be the traffic cop that stands in the middle of the internet that says this way to great beauty content for women over 40, I might create it, or I might show you towards the places that you should look. No one has any time to find this stuff. Right? How do I find great stuff right now? I need to know, you know, what's keeping me up at night at 3.30 in the morning? Why am I waking up? What do I do? Where are my solutions? Do you want to go on WebMD? Do you want to go through two pages of Google search? Come to Cubby Club, I can tell you. You know, should you go on HRT? You know, you can, again, start with WebMD. You can go through all it. But, you know, what are real women saying? Right. You can come to us and there's a discussion there. Yeah. So I'm trying to make it easier and I'm trying to make it more sophisticated and more intelligent. I am asking you to support us a little bit financially so that we can pay our writers Mm -hmm. and our illustrators and do something that's better, a better quality product. I think, it, you know, it's really amazing when you think about all of the meaningful conversations that women are having and just that there really was a lack of it. I think we're we're really living in a time now where, you know, maybe even five years ago, people would say women over the age of 40 are not so likely to be on social media or oh, they're not engaging in yeah. blogs. And now it's like, yeah. There's a rush to it. I mean, people are talking about what it's like to lose a parent and how to care for your parent in the, in the last stages of their life. And people are talking about, you know, how to get your kids into college. And there's just so many life 
cycle events and That's and so right. much that you know we we don't need to go through alone. And I think what you guys are doing is really amazing. And I just love the voice that you guys use. You. And I Thank also you. think it's amazing that you know you have people who have known you through your career who are able to engage with you now in this new way. And I love that learning is at the the center of what you're doing and women supporting each other. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And it's something, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we connected because a lot of what we're doing right now is, is also sort of community focused. We've got our Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce, and we have this podcast. And I think that women engaging with one another in these ways is, is so important. And I just think that women over 40 are so lucky to have the beautiful Covey Club. And it's just a, it's an easy website. It's gorgeous. And it's really, really good content. So I think it's awesome. It was supposed to be gorgeous. That was my number one thing. I wanted <laughs> women to, well, I wanted women to feel good about themselves yeah. when they come to me. Yeah. You know, and we do hit on topics that cross over with Worthy. Like I have these digital virtual salons that we do right. Thursday nights from 8 to 9 Eastern Standard Time pretty regularly. And we have a great one, which is all about thriving through divorce. We will hit things like that here, you know, in mm-hmm. different moments because people are going through all these different yeah. things. Yeah. We have retreats where, where we have a big spa retreat coming up in November. If you go to our, it Facebook looks page. so cool. It's, I mean, it's a dream. Oh my God. <laughs> it is. You have to come if we have such an incredible deal. It is the place. They just revamped this place called Savannah right outside of Arizona. My girlfriends again, cause I used to be a beauty editor. So I'm totally uh-huh. plugged into the beauty world. My friend, Anna Moyne, who is doing our spa search for us, and she has been in the spa business forever. She was just there. She said it's amazing. And you have to come to CoveyClub.com and come to the website, the Facebook page for Covey Club. See what it's all about. Oh, my God. It's going to be the Veterans Day weekend, which is November 9th through 12th. And we are going to have such a kick-ass time. I have such great programming coming. And it's dirty cheap. Yeah, we'll link to it also at worthy.com slash podcast, which is a destination I think our listeners hear me say over and over again. So you'll be able to find the the links to that there. And while we're plugging events, I think we should talk about the Worthy Women Thrive event that we have coming up on October 11th. We're so excited you're going to be one of our panelists. Yeah, I'm so excited. I think it's really great. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. I think you know, the stories I've heard about, you know, the women who come in there and they can find good sale for that jewelry. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's Great. funny. I This past week, I did an episode with our chief gemologist, who is really one of my favorite people at the company. I think he's just the sweetest person. He's the only man we've ever let on the podcast. And I said in the last episode, he might be the only one ever. I haven't decided yet. But, uh-huh. <laughs> but if there's going to be one, it's Roy. He's the best. And we were talking about, you know, we're not really in the in the business of telling people to sell their rings, but there are a lot of people looking for this solution. It's so easy to be taken advantage of. I think this kind of goes back to what you were saying about people not seeing the value in women over a certain age, but also just like not really giving women a fair deal to begin with. And that's really what we're passionate about is is giving them the safe and, and smart solution to get the deal they deserve. Well, yeah. And I talk a lot about reinvention. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that happens when you get to around 40, something's going to happen in your life. Yeah. You're going to have a health issue. Your kid's going to have a health issue. You get divorced. You're widowed. You lose a job. There's, you're going to be in transition of some sort. 
And it's really valuable to know all the ways that you can sort of shed the old skin and move on, find a new beginning. And I think, you know, getting rid of some old things that are financially valuable to you, like jewelry and rings and things like that, that might have, you know, either have outgrown or, or part of a different life that you had and you want to move on from. That's valuable. Yeah. And you should have those resources. You know, I, I heard from a woman today who said that she she sold her ring with Worthy and then she used the money to pay for a semester to go back to school. So it's awesome. It's really yeah. cool that, you know, I know a lot of people need to use the money for legal fees and sure. and debt and things like that. But and why we hear, not? Yeah, of course. But we, we hear a lot of stories about women being able to buy their house so they can right. stay in their home, you know, taking care of their kids with the money. And I think right. you're right. You know, we talk a lot about a fresh start also at Worthy right. and, and being able to empower women as they start that next chapter. And I think that's that's really the sweet spot that that we meet. <laughs> right. So I'm really, really excited that you're going to be a part of this event. It'll be fun. Yeah. Some of our previous guests, um, Jennifer Giamo and Vicki Ziegler are both going to be on the panel. It's going to be great. So it's going to be October 11th and it's on our rooftop offices in New York. So if you are in the New York area, you can go to worthy.com slash podcast for the information for that too. So I want to I want to take another step back though. We were talking about Coffee Club and we were talking about the different ways that women are interacting with you. And you know, I'm I'm thinking about women at the age of 40 and over how different it is for them to interact with media today than when they were growing up and and oh, sort of how yes. that how that shakes out for your audience. Oh yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, it's so different and I've always been a customer, consumer-oriented editor. I was kind of an outlier. Mm -hmm. I used to run these to my staff. You'll get a kick out of this. We used to do a regular, you know, presentation, yearly presentation to the staff, Uh you know, the sales staff, our staff. And I always used to take a picture of my boss and I would say, who do we work for? And I would have a picture of my boss. I would have all these other things. And then on the next slide... You know, I would say, so how many people think it's their boss? How many think it's whatever? And then I go to the next slide and I always had my boss's face crossed out. (laughs) And I would, and then I would show some of my customers, the people who bought the magazine. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure my boss didn't appreciate that. But, (laughs) you know, I always loved, my favorite thing was research. There was nothing that made me happier than getting the responses from the readers and seeing what they really liked, which page they liked, Mm -hmm. what article they like so we could do more of it. I just love consumer research. I love giving people around me what they want. I love making them happy. And that's what you get to do now. I'm feeling my way. I've never been an entrepreneur to be, you know, I don't have the marketing staff behind me to develop those surveys and then give me interpretations. I'm doing it all myself, which is crazy. That is crazy. Good for you. But I do love the way my readers have all reached out to me. I've had lunches with former more readers, some who've followed me since my YM days. I have had so many fabulous interactions. You can't even believe it. And, you know, it was the readers who got Covey started the day that more closed. These readers were so upset and so angry that the magazine was going out of business that they reached out to me over my social media and asked me to do something else. And I was on my way to doing corporate sustainability in the beauty business. That's mm-hmm. what I, I'd already started on my career, you know, a second choice, which was 
getting my sustainability degree up at Columbia. And um, this kind of inter- interrupted that. And 627 of them took a 54-question survey to the end. And if anybody wow. listening does consumer research, they know nobody will do that. <laughs> they won't take a three-question survey today. That's true. And that's how passionate they were. And I literally designed Covey from the map that they gave me. Wow. And so, you know, some things are working better than others. We still have to, you know, make things clearer, blah, 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 blah. There's, you know, you're always re- you're iterating as you go. You're saying, you know, what do you like? Do you like this? You don't like that. This right. is working. That's not working. But I love the fact that my readers talk directly to me. Yes. They show up at events. I have people show up. It just, you know, it like gives me just chills and breaks my heart at the same time. They bring me old magazines. They want me to sign. Wow. Yeah. It's like, you know, they've kept all the old magazines. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very passionate crowd. I always tried to edit by being extremely, I used to call it radical honesty Mm -hmm. because I felt like a lot of the other editors and chiefs, when they would do their editor's letters, they would basically put a distance between them and the reader. They mm-hmm. didn't really want the reader to know them. They wanted the reader to buy their magazine. Right. So I decided, you know, the best thing I had going for me was that, you know, I'm an open book and I am you. I always was my consumer, though, you know, when I was 34 doing a teen magazine, not quite, but <laughs> I could relate. I could yeah. relate and I talk about how I could relate to the point where, and you'll, you'll laugh about this when I was doing Red Book, which was for young moms and my husband was still commuting on the train down to Wall Street. And the lead line in Red Book was always a sex line. <laughs> it sold the magazine. It just did. Yeah. It was always married sex. It wasn't like gross Cosmo sex or anything, <laughs> but it always did. And, yeah. and I would, in the editor's letter, always talk, you know, I'd talk very frankly about, you know, not positions or anything, but what was going on in our lives and blah, blah, blah. And I would always forget that, you know, I was being so radically honest because I would put it to bed three months before. And then my husband would inevitably come home like on the second of the month when the magazine would come out and he'd be like, could you just like tell me when there's going to be something? Because I get on the train and oh these guys God. are bidding me. They're all going, so, and I have no idea what they're talking about. And it's like really embarrassing. And I was oh like, okay, God. I got to I got to be careful here because, you know, he's part of me. I yeah. talk about him the way right. I talk about yeah. me. So that's probably why my my readers have all followed me and why I'm enjoying this conversation so much with them. Right. I think, you know, honesty and learning, It's sometimes that's ageless. And I think you do a really great job of giving space to conversations that are specific to certain groups who, especially who are underserved, but also, you know, being able to see the universal message in that. And I I think that's very obvious about your work. So good. I loved that story too about your husband. That is very funny. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, what happened with my kids too, the thing which you have to realize, I mean, I used to, you know, write about my kids all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you suddenly realize, uh uh-oh, they're adults. I can't write about them. It's not, it's not my story anymore. It's theirs. And I had to stop writing about them. Yeah. Now they have their own stories to write. Well, (laughs) and it's their decision to tell their stories from here on in. Mm -hmm. So I'm a whole hell of a lot less interesting because I can't tell their stories, but (laughs) I I dig up my own. I feel 
think you have enough stories. I mean, a, a quick Google for our listeners who may not know. You'll see she's she's photographed with every celebrity you've ever heard of. So she, there's stories here. There are stories. Oh my God, I haven't told them all. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, sure. maybe we'll get some good stories. Cool, absolutely. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Leslie Jane Seymour, and we've been talking about, you know, how you got to where you are in your career, and we're talking about Coffee Club. So let's take a beat and talk about the name. Where does this come from? Well, (laughs) people say, what the heck does that mean? And why do you have all these birds all over your site? And why are your levels called wing it and nest and rule the roost? I don't get it. Okay. Clue. Bird is an important part. And the second part is small. (laughs) When I was creating this, what I really wanted was something very intimate and cozy and warm. And the idea of a nesting place that women could come and meet other members of a flock who are similar and where you could feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's virtual. Like there's no, we don't have buildings. Maybe one day we will. But the idea being that you could come nest with us. And I wanted it to be the antidote to all those large meetings, which are fabulous, you know, where 7,000 women appear and, you know, Sheryl Sandberg's is, you know, five football fields away from you. (laughs) I wanted it to be closer. And we try to do things that are, you know, 60 women in a room, 10 women on a, on a virtual call, 20 women, 30 I want it to be warmer. I really do want you to be able to connect and meet each other. That's my goal. I'm a Uber connector. Mm-hmm. I get a real kick out of putting two women who don't know each other together and then they go into business. You know, I yeah. suck at doing that for relationships. I've never had any <laughs> success with that, but I'm pretty good at like business and friendship, putting yeah. people together. Well, that's very important too. <laughs> yes. So that's what our little, our little Covey's all about. And as we were talking about, it's probably technically Covey, um, if you look it up in the dictionary, but I decided it's Covey and you went right where my right, head had gone. That's which, right. It sounds like a cubby hole, which is where you used to put your mittens in your hats when you were little. Right. And that was why I liked it. And, you know, and to be honest, as a, an entrepreneur too, it's really hard to find a URL and a trademark oh, you can own. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really hard. Yeah. Hard. We talked a little bit about SEO in the beginning and, you know, like we're all fighting for the words thrive and empowered and, oh, yeah, <laughs> but no. you nailed it. I love, I love that we both were thinking of cubby. <laughs> right. I love the fact that you got my secret message. Yeah. But, and I think that it, it communicates exactly what you were aiming for. It's that kind of cozy home, warm and yes. intimate feeling. And yes. I also love, it's like a place for you. Like it's your yes. spot, which I just think is yes. great. And I think that's really what it does for your community. And so I think it's a perfect name. And I also love the idea of the birds flocking together because I think, you know, you emphasize learning and you emphasize reinvention. And 
a flock of birds sort of like migrating. To me, it's like change and cycles. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a really beautiful part of the female experience. I, so I love your name. Thank you. I'm so glad because, you know, when you pick a name, they're going to be, you know, no matter what you pick, there are always people going, ah, right. I can't stand that what name. What is that? How do you pronounce that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to please everybody. So you have to right. please yourself, as they say. Well, you pleased me too. <laughs> Good. And, and these women are in transition. We right. are in transition. You could really talk about Covey Club as being a place for women in any kind of transition. Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves in transitions today more often because of our longer life cycles. Right. And because things are speeding up, things happen faster mm-hmm. than they used to happen, partly because our communications are faster, our transportation is faster, things happen. Right. And you are in transition more often. And in many cases, after 40, you are in the same kind of turmoil that you were in as a teenager, which is why my YM experience comes in very handy. That's so interesting. Oh, it's very much like being a teenager. Mm -hmm. I mean, except your body's going in reverse instead of the, oh my God, why is one breast suddenly growing and the other is not? (laughs) You're now at the, oh my God, if I don't hold these up, I have no breasts. <laughs> like, what's happening? Again, you're yeah. like back to what's happening to my body. Yeah. And how that sort of affects how you feel about yourself. And that makes a lot of sense. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like it's all in reverse. It's really hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, and you're re-engineering your image to the world and to your family and right. your relationships with everybody you know. It and, is- you know, a lot of our listeners are back in the dating world. I hear every day from people who say, how the hell am I going to date? I met my ex when I was in high school and 25 years later, here I am. Oh, and the world today for dating. I mean, I have my yeah. you know daughter is 23 and says, oh, who wants to be single today? It's so horrible. I'm like, you're 23. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And, you know. Yeah. It sounds really, really tough and very different. And, um, you know, people navigate it successfully, obviously. Yeah. Different. It is different. different. But I I think, you know, one of the the ways that we really like to look at it, and I think really resonates with our audience, and I imagine yours as well, is that this really gives you the opportunity to reinvent yourself. It gives you, you know, you're, you're starting a new chapter of your life and, and you really have the opportunity to take ownership of the fact that you are both the star of your life story and the person writing it. And it's an amazing opportunity. I think that's something that, that our audiences really share. And, you know, let's be honest, reinvention can be terrifying. Absolutely. And we talk a lot about reinvention at Covey Club. We do a lot of stories about rebranding, mm-hmm. about personal branding. Mm-hmm. And I have a podcast also, which is called Reinvent Yourself with mm-hmm. Leslie Jane Seymour, where I take women who have reinvented themselves. And it could be their career. It could be their bodies. It could be their lives entirely. I just had a fabulous conversation with a woman who, you know, was brought here from India and her husband was abusive and she had to escape him and oh, wow. then get her degree with two little kids. I mean, you you know, what people do to reinvent themselves is it's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are constantly having reflected back at us how amazing individual women are and how they have this ability to persevere and they just can really get through so much more than they realize they're capable of going through. And, and it's, yeah. it's really inspiring. But one of the main things that is hard and is also very analogous to what goes on when you're a teenager 
and this is where my publishing history comes in, is that sense of isolation. Right. You're even more isolated today because of digital media, because of all the services that have been disrupted. You could go an entire day, actually, just thinking about that, I thought I'm going to do a stunt. You could go an entire day. You could go to, you can go to the store. You can go to the mailboxes. You can go to a hotel and never talk to a person. Mm-hmm. That is bad. Right. We are feeling so dislocated. We don't have religious institutions to pull us together. We don't have a town square where people walk up and sit together and meet. We have very little pulling us together into communities. Yeah, you have your Facebook page with all these people, but there's nothing like actually having a group of people who share an experience that you can really relate to, Mm -hmm. where you can meet them online, offline, in real life. We are so scattered and we are so isolated that one of the things that I do want to break down the barrier, and I know you guys do too, is that you're doing this alone. You're mm-hmm. not. Right. There is, There are communities out there for you. You don't have to do this alone. You right. don't have to feel isolated. I mean, this has always been the case with women is once you realize that I'm not weird, everybody's going through this. No one's mm-hmm. talking about it. Yeah. Once you have that camaraderie and the sense of a shared experience, A, it makes it easier. B, you can share tips and tricks. Right. And C, you know, you don't feel like a a reject. You realize this is what's happening, you know, and we're all in it together and let's share. Yeah. That's what I really love about our Facebook group. You know, we, we ask people three questions. You said you you got people to answer how many questions on your survey? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we have three (laughs) right? and most people answer them. And you know, one of the, one of the three questions is what are you hoping to get out of this Facebook group? And I'm always so touched People obviously, you know, they write, I want to, I want tips about co-parenting or legal advice or, you know, this this sort of, I guess, the things that you would expect for a group called Worthy Women and Divorce. But what we see every single day from so many people is I want to get support, but I also want to give it. And I, you know, it's interesting you were talking about how you can live your life through a screen and it's true that that can be very isolating and of course you know we're living in a in a time where you can sort of create your own bubble and you're only hearing you're like in an echo chamber of people who agree with you but we also have spaces like Covey Club and like our Facebook group where you can connect with people who are going through similar things and find support in those places and i think those communities are so important and I, I just love that technology is is allowing us to engage with one another in that way. Right, exactly. You know, it's a split, you know, something great that's happened to us. Mm-hmm. That was the most amazing thing I will say. when The day that I launched this, when I launched Covey Club, was it turned out to be Valentine's Day of this year. And oh. the amazing thing was after working on it for two years, when I pushed the button to have it go live, There was a moment where I had to say, I really had to take a breath because in my past, I had to go work for a company to reach my consumer. Uh I had to go work for a Condé Nast or a Hearst. I had to be hired. Yeah, they paid me a lot of money to do it, but I had to be hired. I had to get them to hire me. Mm -hmm. The average cost of doing a project like this, so when they launched Allure magazine, for instance, the the word on the street, I don't know if this was the right number, but this was the, you know, how people use general numbers to right. explain what things cost was $50 million over 
five years. So wow. 10 million a year. That's what it cost back then. Okay. Yeah. Today for, you know, under a hundred thousand, you can do the same thing. No, yeah. I don't have the staff. I don't have 34 people. I don't have cars waiting for me, yeah. but you can still functionally reach out to people in a way that you couldn't do before. And, and in many ways, that's what happened to advertisers. They had to go through publishing before and now they don't. Right. But I also think it goes the other way as well, that, you know, you're able to engage with your audience yes. directly and yes. in different ways. And so Correct. the advertisers, they have less control over the message that, you know, yes. Covey Club and Worthy are putting out there. You know, we we talked a little bit before we started recording how stigma is one of the the topics that we talk a lot about on this podcast. And, and we talk about this stigma of divorce and how, you know, our listeners have to deal with that all the time in their communities and their families sure. and even within themselves. And I'm wondering what kinds of stigmas you feel your community is facing. Well, my community is facing the stigma of aging. Mm -hmm. And my favorite quote that I made up, which is, <laughs> you know what, age is not a disease. Yeah, it happens to everybody. You cannot <laughs> outrun it. Yeah. You cannot find an elixir that's going to prevent you from aging. Yeah, It happens to all of us. So you better get on board yeah. and you better figure out how to do it as best as you can. Yeah. You don't have to look old. You don't have right. to look, you know, like you're falling apart. You can determine sort of what that means for you. Right. Yeah. right. And you should embrace that fact that you have aged. You know, I have I have to tell you, I told you about my grandma. Now I have to tell you about my mom. My mom is one of those people who has aged very well. She's very lucky, but I think she's frustrated because people don't treat her her age. And she has always told people when she meets them, she tells them that she's 18 years older than she actually is. And she oh, says, <laughs> she's, you know, instead of instead of when she was, you know, she's much older now, but which instead of meeting a 50-year-old a and saying, oh, she looks good for 50. They think she's the right? best 68-year-old woman they've ever seen in their lives, and they'll never forget how amazing she looks. That's hilarious. That's so, very yeah, funny. and and she has, you know, she she was a lawyer, and she always talked about how being a pretty young-looking woman was in many ways a disadvantage and how, sure. you know, she has embraced aging in, in such a, in a way that I just, you know, I meet women all the time who talk about I'm getting this line and I hate this. I don't look the way I used to. And it, it makes them crazy. I, and I just wish that I could spread that same kind of uh, love for aging. Well, look, it's not all, you know, roses and rainbows. Right, right. There's hard stuff that comes up. Sure. But you do get the opportunity to divest yourself of a lot of worries and cares right. and stuff falls away that you used to waste your time on. I remember when I was a writer at Vogue and there were six women in the copy room and I'd walk in and one of them, you know, would give me the cold shoulder. I'd spend the next like two days, like wondering what I did wrong. You know, <laughs> what did I do wrong? She doesn't like me. What did I say? What'd she say? Like, oh my God, I'm like such a loser. And now somebody does that. I'm like, you know what? It's your problem. Yeah. You know, my, my mom always says the worst part of being young is thinking that everybody's looking at you and thinking yeah. about you. And the worst part of being old is realizing that no one is. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. Yeah. And that is women. One of the things we talk about, which angers a lot of women as they age, is that they become invisible mm -hmm. and they become invisible in the workplace. They become invisible, you know, in the dating category, they become invisible in life in general because we've 
we're so associated with our sexual alluring abilities mm-hmm. that when considered to be over our time of sexual viability, then no one's of interest at all. And that is a really, you know, it's a tough, that's a tough segue to make. But I, you know, I have to say, I really feel like you're, you're changing that though, because, and, and you're not the only voice out there doing it. There's, you know, sexy is not the only value that a woman has to offer. And you're right that that's definitely a stigma in our society that's kind of dragging us down. But you see all of these fabulous older women that are all over newspapers and fashion spreads. And, and that's an amazing thing. And I, you know, I think that aging, brings wisdom and confidence and having something like the Covey Club out there sort of resonating that message with women is just so empowering. And I think things are changing for women sort of across the board right now. Yes. Hopefully now we are moving a lot faster because we are seeing some good emerging female role models. It has been very hard to see. I mean, when you only have you know, what, 12% of women in top business positions, you know, or running CEOs of, you know, Fortune 500 companies, it's hard to, it's hard to have role models. Yeah. And all of those things make it easier as that gets to be more and more equal. And, you know, I really feel like we are in the process of breaking down a lot of those barriers. Yeah, well, I think you're a very important part of that. And I'm so glad that, you know, we get to feature your voice on our podcast and you're going to be at our event and we're so excited. It'll be fun. Yeah. We're so excited to be working with you. And I really want to thank you so much for being on. And I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I, I, (laughs) I mean, I love, love talking about this and I think what you're doing is so incredible, but before I let you go, you mentioned that you've got celebrity stories and I, my listeners would kill me if I didn't squeeze a couple out. Okay. I'll give you one or two funny ones. So the hilarious part is we, you know, we shot Sharon Stone a lot at Moore for the cover. She sold really well. Uh And, you know, she's quite a radical woman. She's her own person. She is stunningly beautiful still at her age. I do not know how she does it. (laughs) Yeah. So we're doing a cover for her. It's all about the body issue. And I send my uh, stylist out. I don't go to the shoots because we didn't have the money and you wouldn't want to anyway go to every shoot. So right. well, what I said is it's the body issue. It would be great if we could, you know, have her semi, you know, naked ha- holding her breasts or something. So it's more about her body, whatever. And then word came down from the company that owned the magazine, which was a very conservative company, was that I couldn't put anybody naked on the cover. <laughs> So I was like, okay, like every other magazine had done it. It wasn't a big deal. You weren't going to see anything that was offensive. But so I said, okay, mandate is she can't be naked. So the hilarious part is we bring racks and racks and racks of clothes. She gets there. He sends her back to try on all this stuff. She doesn't like anything. She comes out and she's naked except for a pair of panties. And he's like, no, no, we can't do this. We're not allowed to do this. So she gets a, a white shirt. She puts a white shirt on, buttons it, you know, white button-down shirt, yeah. buttons it once in the middle. <laughs> and it was a gorgeous, stunning shoot, sold like crazy. And we had to tell the powers that be that it wasn't her underwear, that that was a bikini bottom. We actually put a, what do you want to call it, a credit for it to <laughs> say it was a bikini bottom so that it was a bathing suit. Yeah. And not, so yeah. that was one kooky thing. But she was like, what do you mean I have to put my clothes on? This is the body issue. That's so funny. 
you know, and then we worked with, oh my God, we worked with so many celebrities over my lifetime and, you know, one or two turned out to be totally amazing. And I'll tell you, um, I took Drew Barrymore to Africa to work with the World Food Program when I was the editor in chief of Mary Claire. And she had never really done anything like that before. And I didn't know her that well, but she was interested in women's education. I was interested in issues of food insecurity for women. And our interests met in the slums of Kibera in Kenya, which is where a lot of HIV young people went, young, young women. And the way that they gave them their medication, even if they got the medication, if you don't have food with the medication, it doesn't work. So what they would do is bring you to the school to eat to so you had could take your medication and they would educate you in the process. Wow. And I took you with me and we went through the um, slums of Kibera and it was the most crazy thing. They didn't know who Drew Barrymore was at all. And she was like the Pied Piper. These kids, you know, were singing and dancing. They fell in love with her. She ended up becoming a brand ambassador for them for a while. Wow. And it was just an amazing event. She became a friend. She came and spoke at an event I was honored at a year and a half ago during a flood. She had to take a subway because everything was flooded (laughs) on the surface. So like, you know, I've had some really lucky times. There are some people who are really amazing that um, you connect with in this sort of crazy, wacky world I grew up in. And then there were a lot of creepy people, but I won't tell you about those people. Maybe after we stop recording. <laughs> after, yes. For everybody who comes to the event, we'll tell you yeah, all the October other October 11th. Stories. Find out which celebrities go. are creepy. Right, there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was such a pleasure, and your voice is so important, and we're really honored that we get to, to feature it on our podcast. So thank you again, and, and you're always welcome back. Great. Thank you. Take care. Thanks again to Leslie for joining us and to all of you for listening. Next week, we'll be joined by Ashley Michelle, who you may know on social media as Our Splendid Life. Ashley does have a splendid life, but you are going to be blown away by some of the stuff she had to go through to get there. If custody, co-parenting, and dealing with a high-conflict ex are things that you can relate to, you are not going to want to miss this episode. Ashley's story will blow your mind and inspire you to find ways to make things better for your new family, for your kids, and of course, for yourself. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you want to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too.
Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more.